Water damage is not only water puddles in your home. And I'll tell you, I'll add this. If it is a puddle in your home, you should think through how many gallons did that puddle represent or how many gallons don't you see that might have been in that puddle before you found it and where did it go? You must find the end of it and deal with all of it, not just what you see. It is likely more than what you think it is and it likely went further away and deeper into things than what you think. You are listening to the Manage Mold Podcast. This podcast was made for families on a health journey that need the real, no-holds-barred answers on how to create and ensure a healthy home. This show should be your launching pad to give you the information, guidance, and inspiration and clarity you need on your journey back to a healthy home. My name is Dean Malstead. You can find and follow me on Facebook and LinkedIn. Welcome to Manage Mold. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Manage Mold podcast. I am so glad each one of you is here today. Even if you don't know why you're here, you are here for a reason. There is some good stuff for you today, and here's why. We are going to talk about water damage. It's not what you think. A whole bunch of you, because I've, I've seen a whole bunch of you over the last 22 years, You think you know what water damage is, and I'm going to share some things with you today that might surprise you. I'm going to share, first of all, some of the most common comments that we get as restorers when we go out to a water loss to help people out and get their homes or buildings dried out. Here's one of them. But I don't see any standing water. This is a common one for mold remediators also. And you're going to find out today, it isn't about the standing water necessarily. That's the easy one. Kind of like mold and finding mold. If you can see the mold, that's the easy one. Here's another one. I have never had standing water. Well, there's a lot of questions that come with that. Typically for us, were you home the entire time watching the area that got wet? Maybe the standing water went someplace else, maybe down a drain, around the edge of a floor underneath an assembly or someplace else. Here's a third one. We soaked up the water with towels, so everything's okay now. And a typical question that I like to follow with is, let's say this was a toilet tank that overflowed, not the bowl, but the tank, so let's call it clean water. And I asked, do you have any idea how many gallons of water spilled out of that reservoir? And if you think about the average water supply to a house, You could have three to five gallons per minute that would run. Do the calculation on that. If you had 10 minutes of water running from your toilet tank, that could be 30 to 50 gallons of water. 30 to 50 gallons of water is a lot of water. And if you got that mopped up with a towel, we have to ask the question, what happened to the other 29 to 49 gallons of water? Where did it go? That's really important. Or here's another one. We vacuum the water from the floor and everything's okay now. And what one that goes with that, especially in basement situations where there are basements, we pulled up the carpet and the pad and, and everything is dry or drying now. And most people forget that there can be issues in the wall assemblies and that is probably the most often forgotten part of a home. Now, I want to take you through a bunch of content today. So if you are a note taker, 
then get your pencil or your pen and get some paper and take some notes. I'm going to go fairly fast, but the advantage is you can replay this. And so enjoy. That's what I'm going to tell you today. Enjoy this because here's why I want you to enjoy this. You are going to learn some principles about water damage today that for some of you are going to be the first time you've ever heard these concepts or these principles. And it is going to change your world from the standpoint you will know how to better maintain your home or building that you own, and you will know how to take care of water damage events in a much more quick manner, and that is the key to water damage. For anybody who's a restorer, the most crucial course of action that anyone can take, whether you're a restorer or you're the homeowner or building owner, is rapid response. Get to the water damage fast and start drying it out. That is the key. So let's talk about water. What is water? If you have never considered that question, there's a lot to think about. I'm going to take you back to 1828, Webster's Dictionary, 1828, and how Webster defined water, the noun, water at that time. It's going to get a little bit long here, but, but go with me on this. Water is not as simple as we think. Webster says, A fluid, the most abundant and most necessary for living beings of any in nature except air. Water, when pure, is colorless, destitute of taste and smell, ponderous, transparent, and in a very small degree, compressible. It is reposited in the earth in inexhaustible quantities, where it is preserved fresh and cool and from which it issues in springs, which form streams and rivers. But the great reservoirs of water on the globe are the oceans, seas, and lakes, which cover more than three-fifths of its surface and from which it is raised by evaporation and uniting with the air in the state of vapor. This is very important, vapor is wafted over the earth, ready to be precipitated in the form of rain, snow, or hail. Water, by the abstraction or loss of heat, becomes solid, or in other words, is converted into ice or snow. Some of you in the South may have a little issue with that. So it can become ice or snow, and by heat, it is converted into steam an elastic vapor, one of the most powerful agents in nature. That's Webster's 1828 definition of water. Now, let's go to Merriam-Webster's 2019 online dictionary, What is Water? The liquid that descends from the clouds as rain forms streams, lakes, and seas, and is a major constituent of all living matter, and that when pure is an odorless, tasteless, very slightly compressible liquid oxide of hydrogen, H2O, which appears bluish in thick layers, freezes at zero degrees Celsius and boils at 100 degrees Celsius, has a maximum density at four degrees Celsius, and a high specific heat, is feebly ionized to hydrogen and hydroxyl ions, and is a poor conductor of electricity and a good solvent. So it's changed a little bit, right? And there's a lot to consider even in the newer definition. But if you want to have a lot of fun, 
if you like learning. So for all of my families out there, especially, if you think water is just that stuff that comes out of the tap or out of the refrigerator, goes into the glass or is in a bottle and you drink it and that's kind of the end of it, or it's what you water your lawn with, wash your car with, wash your clothes with, whatever, go to, just for fun, go to Encyclopedia Britannica online, type in the word water, and you will find a page that's written by a man named Stephen S. Zumdahl, and you will be amazed at what water is and what water isn't, and how water is formed, and the hydrogen part, and the oxygen part, and the protons, and the electrons, and everything about water. This would be a good thing to learn. Go and have some fun at that page. If you've got kids or grandkids, definitely take them through that page and help them understand what water is. It is one of the most powerful elements on the earth. It gives life, it sustains life, and it can so easily take it away, right? So we've all seen all of those pieces. Now just take time and think about them because there's some cool stuff there. So water is a naturally occurring substance. So it's a chemical. So for all of my chemical-free people out there, all of my green people, all of my essential oil, vinegar, ammonia, natural cleaner people who don't like chemicals, please understand that when you talk about water, water is a chemical. And in fact, water is a solvent. It's not a petroleum solvent, but it's a solvent. So when we're talking about terms of chemicals and things like that, remember, water is one of them, the most abundant and the most readily available. And I will tell you, here's the little secret about everything about this podcast. Here's the secret. Is everybody ready? Water is one of the key ingredients that causes mold. Water is one of the key ingredients that removes mold. Let that sink in because that's really important. You add a little bit of soap to water and you have a really amazing combination to remove mold. That's the early secret. We're going to talk about that throughout all of the podcasts in one form or another, that and HEPA. So tuck that in, put that high on your notes because that's a really key concept. All right, so water is a naturally occurring substance, a chemical that can be found as, we already talked about a little bit, a liquid. That's what everyone thinks about when they think about water damage. They think about rainstorms and hurricanes and windstorms and melting snow and blizzards that melt and and all this flooding and stuff that takes place. Okay, so that's the liquid. A solid, snow or ice, what we just talked about, and then a gas, steam or vapor. Water is likely the most necessary resource that we have besides breathable air. Okay, so for all my ozone friends, I just said the word breathable air. This is very important. Understand all of my ozone friends with the ozone generators and ozone cleaning machines, the ozone purifiers, the ozone air cleaners, just to name a few. Ozone depletes breathable air. That's a little freebie today also. Don't use ozone generators for mold remediation. There are other actions that are taking place in the air that you cannot see, and you're creating new particles in the air that might be more detrimental to your health than what you started with. Plus, you made ozone, which is not breathable, and you took away the breathable air. More about that in a future episode, okay? So we'll cover that later. Water has the power to topple cities or to carry us and cargo to distant lands. Water is an amazing thing. Water falls from the sky. It rises up from the ground. 
It hangs in the air as a fog or as clouds if you're high up in a mountain. Okay, Dean, I get it. What's your point? I have stuff to do. Where are you going with this, right? All right, so let's get into this. Water and water damage as it pertains to your homes, commercial buildings, and schools is a substance that should only be found in these three areas. Okay, so as a restorer, as somebody who has done water restoration work for 22 years, here are the three areas where we want to find water in your building. If we don't find it in one of these three areas, you are typically hiring a company like ours to fix the problem. Here's the three areas. Outside the building as rain or snow and draining away from the building. That's one area. You expect the water to be out there because you have rain, you have snow, you have vents where water comes out of the ground or out of the sky, and we want that to flow away from our buildings. Number two, we should expect to find water in all of our supply lines. These are the water lines that either come in from the city or come in from a well, and this is how water comes to the building for drinking, washing, flushing, watering, cooking, bathing, all of that. So when the water is controlled, and it is kept within the confines of those supply lines, it is doing what we want it to do, and it's where we want it to be. Drain lines is the third. Water should, when it is done being used, go into a drain reservoir through a sink, through a wash machine tub, a toilet, what have you, and it should go down the drain to an area as gray water or black water. So if it came from a kitchen sink, a bathroom sink, or if it came from the toilet, to be processed in a private or a public sanitary system. Those are the three areas, okay? Outside, in supply lines, or in drain lines. Anything other than that is going to be water damage. The point of this is to demonstrate to you what water damage in homes and other buildings is, what it looks like, what it acts like, and how water can negatively impact our health. When I say water damage, it is likely that many people listening and many people who aren't yet listening are going to think about hurricanes, heavy flooding rains, destructive storms, and things like that. Well, while all of these are destructive and while they always make the news and it's so easy to see the videos, the pictures of all the damage that's done, they're dramatic pictures and dramatic videos. Storms are not the primary cause of water damage in buildings in any place in the world. It typically has to do with things with the building and in the building. So here's how I'm going to explain this. I'm going to give you a list. We're going to put this list, I'll put the abbreviated list that I'm going to give to you today on the Facebook page so that you can see these. We have an intake form that we send out to prospective clients for them to fill out. And one segment of that form is a spreadsheet that has an, a list of 43 specific items for clients to consider may have happened in their home or the building that they want us to inspect. And in those 43 items, I can break that further down into 23 categories. Here's the list of 23 categories. And I want you to think about this, potentially write these things down. You might have to come back and listen a couple of times, but I want you to think about these things. Oftentimes when people fill out our intake form and go through the list of 43 items, they have to mark Yes, no, or not sure. It causes them to think through, 
what are the possibilities of damage that have taken place in my home in the past or currently that I can figure out where my mold problem is? That's the key. Here's the 23 major categories that we've identified. Toilets, okay? So these are all sources or causes of water damage in your home. These things are small categorical definitions of water damage. So water that gets out of a toilet, water that gets out of a bathtub, a shower, a sink, a refrigerator. And you say, how can that happen? Well, refrigerators that have supply lines. If you would like to know the number one call that our company had for 22 years for water damage in a home, it was refrigerators that had a water hookup. We love those. And I will tell you in 22 years in my home, we've never had a refrigerator hooked up to water. And there's a reason why. Dishwashers, water softeners, water heaters, a little aside on water heaters for everyone, a small item, but a very important item. Most people have water heaters in their homes. Some people think they have hot water heaters. And I I would dare say that most people just have water heaters. They can fail. Washing machines, HVAC drains. So HVAC, remember, HVAC is heating, ventilating, and air conditioning. So the drains that are associated with your A-coil and with the condensate uh, from your burner assembly, if you have a furnace in the colder climates, your HVAC whole house humidifier, if you have one of those, those can malfunction or people can set those wrong. Other plumbing supply line leaks, that would be kind of your trunk lines and your branch lines that are hidden in your walls or in your ceilings. Drain line leaks, drain backups and sewage. Oh, we'll talk about sewage one day too because sewage relates to mold and we'll probably have a discussion that sewage isn't what you think it is either. Sump pump failures, condensation on windows and other places in a home, that is water damage. Window or door leaks, I'm talking about not air, I'm talking about water. Seepage, Seepage can take place in all kinds of places of the house, especially at the foundation. Roof leaks, flashing leaks, chimney leaks, attic venting issues. And then last but not least, attic, HVAC, and ductwork malfunctions or poor design. For those people living in geographic regions where your air conditioning system actually is located in the attic and the ductwork is located in the attic, those can be major problems. Water vapor from the ground is the most misunderstood of all the water damage items I just listed for you. People don't even think about water vapor. Obviously, what I'm about to tell you about vapor transmission can be a major or minor factor depending on what geographic and climate region you live in. Please understand that this is an overview and we're building a foundation for understanding the key concepts that are yet to come in this podcast, we have hundreds of podcasts listed that we can do. So be patient. Obviously, give us your comments and your feedback because we can adjust the schedule based on what everyone wants or needs. So we're just going to touch on the surface here. So does everyone listening know that concrete, and I'm speaking of concrete that does not have any admixtures to convert the cured concrete to an impervious substrate, That's another discussion for another day. You can type in the word admixture in concrete, and you can probably learn what that is. So I'm talking about concrete that is normally used to build a home. Concrete is hydrophilic. Did you know that? Now, Dean, you're going to say, 
we've had just about enough for the podcast because you've already given us way too much information. What on earth is hydrophilic? And what does hydrophilic have anything to do with water damage? Concrete is concrete, right? Well, not so much. So understand that concrete, grout for tile, the backing for tile when they lay a mud bed for tile is hydrophilic usually. Some of the newer grouts are not. The epoxy grouts of days gone by are not. But hydrophilic means that it's water loving. So hydrophilic substrates love water. That means they'll take water in, they'll let water go. Concrete loves water. Concrete is made and cured and hardens with the taking in and initial release of water. When the concrete is placed in the ground or even on top of the ground, it is susceptible to absorbing and wicking water from the wet earth to the dry air. So the other key concept here is wet always goes to dry. It is one of the principles of how water whether it's in the earth or if it's in the air, works. Wet goes to dry. So I already know that the desert areas, for those listening who are in desert areas, have mostly dry soils. So all of you desert dwellers, just hang in there. We'll find something interesting for you too. Maybe not all of this for today, but in the meantime, and in fact, for all the people listening in the desert areas, Please comment and share with us the number one water damage event that you can think of that takes place in your home in the desert areas. That should keep you busy while I talk through this water moving through the concrete segment, okay? All right. So for all the other listeners who live in an area where there are basements, crawl spaces, or slabs on grade, and the soils tend to be wet, and this includes the sandy areas, so all my people who live in sandy soil, we need to have a special podcast for all of you who built on sandy soils and think that you cannot possibly have a groundwater problem that would negatively affect your home's interior, because it can. We'll deal with the sandy soil myth another day, okay? All right, so let's go back to this. So, in fact, we have a special guest on very soon who is a second-generation foundation and drainage professional. And he works with his sons, who are the third generation, and he helps lots of people with the design and installation of permanent drainage and foundation repairs that greatly reduce or eliminate water damage from things under and outside the home, including in sandy soils. Just so you know, we'll talk about that soon. All right, so back to hydrophilic. Basement floors and walls breathe, and the concrete not only lets air get through it, think radon, or air, but water vapor can also move through concrete from the earth side of the concrete to the interior side of the home. This is under your floor and outside your foundation walls. But you say, wait a minute, my basement has something painted on the outside to stop water from coming in. I saw the builder put poly sheeting or foam underneath my basement floor. Okay, well, hopefully they did it correctly. You may be correct, but not everyone has a house that has been built in this way, and many of the homes that do have waterproofing installed may have been done in such a way that the systems are failing. So everyone needs to know that. Just because somebody said it was done or because you saw something being done doesn't necessarily mean it was done correctly. 
So those things must remain on our list of possibilities until we can rule them out when we're looking for water damage and ultimately for mold. So we'll definitely have to revisit this whole concrete is hydrophilic thing in future podcasts. For now, just know that concrete floors and walls are not water barriers. And the fact that water can wick through the walls and floor of a home should be reason to have everyone listening on board to know this reality. And we can discuss this in future and some of the negative impacts it may have on your home's integrity and ultimately on your health. Okay, so the last item of water and water damage to learn about today is relative humidity, RH. This will be brief and to the point because we can spend an entire day at least talking about relative humidity, dew point, evaporation, condensation, grains per pound, and other related terms that are common in the restoration industry uh, for us to fix homes that get wet. And these are terms that deal with water damage and mold. RH, relative humidity, is the amount of moisture in the air as compared to the maximum amount of moisture that the air could hold at that temperature. The key here is we want to maintain the interior of buildings below 60% relative humidity. While there are many other factors and facets to consider, the easy rule of thumb is keep it under 60% relative humidity. So if everyone can do that, you're already ahead of the game in controlling moisture and controlling mold. This is easier in some areas of the world than others. I acknowledge that, so everyone listening understand that part. And then for others, they're going to struggle with this because the areas are really wet and the air is usually heavy and moisture laden. And so there's all kinds more to talk about with this and we will in the future. For now, just know that 60% relative humidity is a number that is a general rule to keep mold from growing. The more you all get to know about the basics of this water damage stuff, the more you will understand how complex the moisture issue in a home can be. This is really important. So we're building the foundation of understanding right now. So with that said, please, please, please stick with us and grow with us. These podcasts will guide you with the best information from the best professionals and sources that are out there. Some of this information will overwhelm, undoubtedly. It did me the first time I learned a lot of it. So don't get stressed out over that. Just keep learning. This will provide a type of freedom for you in your home. You can always replay this episode or visit our Managed Mold Facebook page. We'll have other resources that will be coming as we develop those and as we release them. And then there are other links and resources we've already shared or that you're going to find on the Facebook page or our website. So I want you to understand that it took our society decades to get into this mold mess. All of the mold mess is related to water damage, okay? You need to understand that water damage is not a puddle. It can be so much more than that. So be patient. Give yourself time to learn what we'll share with you. Remember also, and this is very important, we will get you to the simpler solutions as you follow along. So however overwhelming and complex some of this may seem to some of you, we will get to the simple solutions but we have to build the foundation so you can understand why first. There are timeless principles concerning water damage and mold contamination that you will learn and it will change your home and your health in positive ways. Here's your homework. It's the first time I've told you to do homework. I want you to go to the Encyclopedia 
Wikipedia Britannica online and type the word water in the search. Be amazed at what water is. Think on it. It's just, it's an amazing substance. Remember, number two, remember water damage is not only water puddles in your home. And I'll tell you, I'll add this. If it is a puddle in your home, you should think through how many gallons did that puddle represent or how many gallons don't you see that might have been in that puddle before you found it and where did it go? You must find the end of it and deal with all of it, not just what you see. It is likely more than what you think it is and it likely went further away and deeper into things than what you think. Feeling and seeing is not a way to measure where water damage is. You must use measuring tools. And if you don't have them, you must call a company in that has them and ask them to do a thorough investigation to find out where the water damage is. And in most cases, these things are covered by insurance. Get them fixed. Remember, number three, remember that both liquid and vapor water can cause water damage. Very important. Most people forget the vapor part. We're going to talk a lot about that on this podcast because it is a huge factor for mold in many areas of the country. Number four, very important, stay positive. All of this is not the end of the world. The sky is not falling. We have answers. We know the data that backs up our answers. We know how to help. We know how to get you answers to be able to fix your home if it has problems. Tell friends and relatives about the things you're learning. Share what you're learning. Share this podcast with those whom you love and share this also with your enemies. Here's why. Some of those people who might be a problem in your life, it might be because they have water damaged home or a mold damaged home and it actually affects their mood. It affects their hormones. It affects their nervous system and they may actually be pretty cool people. So share this information with people because it can help more people get to healthy circumstances and they can have healthy, happy homes. Finally, number five, go to our Manage Mold Facebook page to see the list of common areas and events where water damage occurs in buildings. And then share, share, share the podcast. And absolutely give us comments. And if you can help rate us, that really helps us get the message out to so many more people. I really appreciate you tuning in today. This was episode number seven, and it's water damage. It's not what you think. Next time, episode eight, we're going to talk about the water mold connection. And then we're going to go into a couple of interviews that you guys are going to really enjoy. We've already got them recorded, and they're super fun. Have a great day. Thanks so much for listening to the Manage Mold podcast. Do you have a question that you'd like me to answer raw and uncut on the podcast? All you need to do is head over to Apple Podcasts and do three simple things. Leave a rating and review telling me what you think of the podcast. In that review, ask anything you want related to your home's health. And if you want a shout out, leave your Instagram handle or name. That's all. Then listen in to hear your question answered live, raw, and uncut. This is Dean Malstead. Join us next time on Manage Mold.